English Art International presents Fresh Talk, conversations about creativity in the 21st century. I'm Kathy Bird, Fresh Art producer. This episode of Fresh Talk features conversations with five current participants in the Roswell Artists in Residence program. Established in 1967 by artist and art collector Don Anderson, the program offers visual artists the unique opportunity to spend a year concentrating on their work. The voices you'll hear are those of Sarah Bostwick, John Paul Viegas, Brian Kluge, Corwin Levi, and Siobhan McBride. I'm sitting outdoors in a gorgeous space in New Mexico at Roswell Artists in Residence program. I'm surrounded by artists, and my question for them is, what is the difference of making art in Roswell, New Mexico, or in this space, than making it anywhere else you could be making art in the world? Sarah? I was just taken with the feeling that you don't have the same sort of strings attached or the same pressures. Literally, no one is watching what you do. I, I don't know, I just feel the freedom to experiment, finally. Because you, you have more time. Normally, it's just like you have to get something done because you have to work so much and make your art. So, like, you just have extra time to fool around and discover things. I don't think prior to coming here, I made anything that was vaguely earth tone. That's an interesting <laughs> thing that I found out about myself is that I'm capable of working with things that are brown and beige. I think uh, where I came from, which was Southern California, I kind of grew up using like a really unnatural palette, a lot of pastels and things. And then, I mean, I yeah, it's it it interesting because for me, it made me think about how I am like pretty directly affected by my immediate environment. And in New York, I think it was the first time that I had been working in a place that was uh, super dirty and full of grit and dust. I mean, literally. So my studio was full of this kind of black soot and... Um, and my work was became sort of yeah, a lot of black and gray, and then coming to Roswell, yeah, I'm making all these things that are you know that are made out of clay and dust, and I mean there's still some of the similar things that I used in Los Angeles. I mean I still work a lot with a lot of stuff that I get from thrift stores and things, but it's it's all kind of mixed together with things that are just sort of much more traditional and kind of romantic in a way that I never would have allowed myself to do in Los Angeles or New York. I, I actually feel like I've become part of this sort of weird romantic tradition of, of the landscape, and <laughs> which is really funny if you see my work, because it's not at all romantic in that way. It's, it's, it's funny the way that that stuff is kind of filtered in. What do you think, Brian? Yeah, I guess as someone who was already using your tones, that's not yeah. so much a part of what's new for me. The thing that maybe struck me the most actually was the level of support in the community for for the arts and particularly for for clay i wasn't expecting to to find that i was expecting more to be off on my own um, and you certainly can be if you so choose it's been refreshing actually in a, in a town of what 40 40 000, that there's two museums i mean that's pretty incredible not having a day job gives you tons more time to like hang out with your partner and watch movies and read books <laughs> and watch the bird feeders and, uh, that you know it's the different kind of creative acoustics you you get to feed on things you wouldn't in your regular day-to-day -day life um and also like sarah was saying 
you have an opportunity to take risks in a way that you don't feel safe to in your day-to-day -day life as well. What would you say, Corwin? I guess two things. Uh, first is not so much the daytime landscape out here, but the nighttime landscape. I've been in areas with less light pollution, but I've never seen somewhere where you can just look from horizon to horizon and see so many stars. It's a little crazy. Yeah, the skies are so big. Right? And uh, also, what you were talking about, Sarah, after about four or five months, it just hits you that this residency is different from any other residency. Like, you go to, you know, any number of residencies and you, you work, you do your thing. But then suddenly, after your show, after six months, you're like, wow, I can just do anything. And I still have six months to do it. It's so awesome. And it's, it's a pretty wonderful feeling. And it's also scary, too, because you have to face yourself. And I, oh, yeah. You do. <laughs> and you then, actually have to... Well, go ahead. It's the horror, really. <laughs> You also have to really think about yeah. what, that, <laughs> totally. what that means to have to have a partner, and you you have to really think very ex explicitly about like what amounts of time you designate for things mm -hmm. because it's it's not structured in that way. So being an artist can involve just you know spending twenty three hours a day <laughs> making art. The family time is huge, though. I have a right. one year old daughter. Having been here for the last six months with her, it's just been amazing. I can't picture any other kind of scenario where I would have had this much time to devote to her and, and to my wife as well. But yeah, that's priceless and <laughs> irreplaceable, really. Making a commitment for a year, though, that's a significant demand on an individual in the 21st century to actually give yourself that much time to be able to afford it in a way in terms of your career. You have to keep up with the outside world even though you're in this wonderful desert bubble. Yeah. That was an issue for us. JP was, wasn't sure if he wanted to come because he was at a point where he was supposed to be talking to everyone. He was right in the middle of it, you know? Was, yeah, and I felt like I was getting more. I mean, New York is kind of a bit of a tough market to break and to get to a point where you sort of feel like, oh, you know, you can go to an opening and, and know people and not feel like an outsider. Like, I feel like I was just getting to that point. I had a different need. Like, I, I was working so much I didn't have time right. to make enough work. And I needed to come here to make a body of work so I could go back with something. Because I didn't have the work to show there, <laughs> you know. I just yeah. make bits and pieces. And, like, you had this body of work you needed to get people in there to see so and then we found out about the residency and i was like oh i'm gonna have like two months to do that or we'll just have to go and and make a bunch of work here which i'm glad we did actually we'll just have our, our stuff together i mean you make all the work but you have time to do all the business side too yeah. and like we came together as a group and like put together these packets and it's like all like a practice I mean we're going to apply to things together but it's also just like getting into the practice of actually doing that whereas you never force yourself to do it because you're always under so much pressure from all these I different know. I mean, it's actually interesting to be at a residency where we're all artists I only went to one other residency and it was mostly writers actually and there was a lot more people because it was short, shorter time so I, I didn't go to grad school so I feel like this is sort of my grad school you know being with a really strong community and having a time and have the facilities. Well, and committing to a year also allows you to be more ambitious with what projects you can take on. 
That's a that's beautiful nice thing. And also part of it is just taking all your stuff with you. Yeah. Like to a month residency, you just take a project's worth of stuff. Right, right. And here you have your whole studio. Yep. Or a studio that's twice as big as you ever had. Or ever will. What do you think are, are the, the down downsides of this residency? Moving out. <laughs> yeah. Not getting paid anymore. Having yeah, I know. Not getting paid. Yeah. I mean, there's some weird things that they're not so bad that it actually makes it a negative. But like, there's intense weather and intense bugs that are not to the point that you can't handle it. But it's it was something new, you know. The, the weather though is also fascinating. Right? Yeah. yeah. The sky turning brown the from way. a sandstorm. <laughs> The next morning, I spoke with Sarah Bostwick about how the residency had affected her creative practice. I'm sitting here with Sarah Bostwick, who is a relief sculptor working out of New York City normally who's shown her work in Brussels, San Francisco, Providence, Rhode Island, and Ridgefield, Connecticut, and finds herself here taking a year off real life to be an artisan resident far from the art scene that she's used to. And this past week, she opened a new exhibition at the Roswell Arts Center. Sarah's work is referencing architecture it's a minimalist sculptural form that's often cast and recently made of wood. Sarah, I'm wondering why architecture is a reference point for your work. Well, I'm interested in the language of objects and what the objects that we create tell us about ourselves and, and how we communicate with each other through these visual language. And um, it has to do with my upbringing. My father's an architect. We always built things together. Why relief versus some other form? What What is exciting to you about the relief of an object instead of the object itself? Well, I, I like its dual connection with the historical tradition of carving and casting and these really formal materials. And then how I sort of see like a more high-tech thing where it actually changes throughout the day like but it doesn't physically change but when the light hits it in different ways it's almost like the picture moves or, or it changes meaning depending on what where the light is hitting it so that just fascinates me that you can create this thing that's almost alive very slowly moving but um, it's so low-tech you know so all the work um, that's in the exhibition now has to do with photography and sort of how we see the world through photography. So sort of the affectations of the lens, but we're so used to it that it almost feels like our own sight, you know? And so like what happens when you're <clears throat> viewing through that filter of the, of the photograph? And so a lot of the pieces capture light the way a photograph would capture light, but you don't actually see that in real life or you don't notice it as much, I guess. What I'm looking for is, is work that you can look at over and over again because it's going to be different every time you see it because the sun's going to hit it differently. And those pictures up to now have been quite intimate, the scale, until the most recent work, which is 
growing. Yeah. Well, look at where we are. Look at this yes, room. Yes, the size <laughs> of space you have to work in here versus New York yeah. is significantly different. Yeah, I was working out of my house before I left because of the light. I couldn't afford a space with the light that I wanted, whereas my house had amazing light. So I just, yeah, I definitely worked smaller. And I didn't have the tools to do it. I, I really want to come away with a much larger body of work, and um, I think it it's definitely going to be a stepping off point, you know, after leaving here. But hopefully. <laughs> now my dear grandfather and his father before him lived in a shack in a switchyard. You've been listening to Fresh Talk with artists and residents in Roswell, New Mexico. Read more about these artists and hear other podcasts in this series on freshartinternational.com.